are here for a reason. Breaking down the brotherhood, one prayer at a time. Right on, right on, right on. <laughs> right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right On Radio. You are here for a reason. Yes, you are here for a reason indeed. We're going to be continuing the study on the book of Jude. A warning to those who are ungodly. And a warning to us that they have crept in to our midst. I want to start with a prayer because the power of prayer is something that I truly believe in. So in preparation for this prayer, I've got my most holy cross. It was blessed by some dude. And I've got these different things. I've got a prayer shawl over my legs. And I'm sitting on a speaker to raise my vibration. Just in case God needs help from which he created. I'll come back and pray in a second. I've got a beautiful song from Christina Northcott. Again, listeners, uh, please submit some music, especially the old hymns, and uh, we'll start featuring them on this show. This is beautiful. Welcome to Sunday, everyone.
Christina Northcott, everyone. Thank you, Christina. That was really beautiful. I probably should have listened to that before my opening statement. Heavenly Father, I come before you acknowledging Jesus as my Savior. Jesus, the God that walked on the earth, who humbled himself and came as a baby and grew up and lived a sinless life to be the perfect sacrifice for my sins, for the world's sins, for all those whom choose Jesus on this day. And when Jesus ascended into heaven, stealing the keys of Hades away, he sent down the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And Father God, what a sacrifice it would have been even for you to send your Son, because surely you would have done it in his place. But it had to be Jesus, and you did this to glorify him for all of eternity. So, Father, on this day, as I have the privilege of reading your word, I have the privilege of this platform and the responsibility of this platform. Father God, I pray that I am empty at this time, and you fill me with your Holy Ghost, and it be your words and not mine. Father, it's true, you put a fire in my belly this morning. But Lord, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome, everyone. I don't want to have a somber tone because this is actually a good celebration when we read the Word of God, but the book of Jude is a tough book, folks. Um, honestly, when the Lord led me to this book, I thought it would have been just like every other chapter that we have done, and uh, I would be, you know, in and out in a week. Surprise! Week three, we've made it uh, through 10 verses. And I don't expect we'll get through it today yet again. I want to reiterate, this is an important book because not only was he talking about the present day when this was written by Jude or Judas, Jesus' half-brother. It was written in the, for the future. And the future unfolded, the, the, this book unfolded when John the Revelator was writing the book of Revelation, in particular chapters 2 and 3, just some 25 years after this book was written, after the book of Jude was written, Jesus, through John the Revelator, 
wrote the letters to the churches. And there were seven churches, and five of the letters are scathing. That was just 25 years after the book of Jude was written. The devil has been infiltrating the church to this day. And the devil will come as an angel of light. So don't be surprised when there's people behind the pulpit in many different forms that preach the name of Jesus, even have some good fruit. But it's to get you into a trap. And the book of Jude is very clear about this. And by the way, every other book in the New Testament, with one exception of Philemon, warns of these things. So if we have it repeated by every one of the apostles, if we have it that have written, if it's written in every other book of the New Testament, is it something we should take serious? And here's the point. Don't trust me on this. I have been fooled. You all have been fooled. We have all been fooled for one simple reason. We were not like the Bereans. Oh, that sounded holy. Oh, yeah, there's a couple Christian phrases in it. It's good. But it leads you to the wide gate, folks. It leads to the wide gate. This book is not fun to do on Sunday morning. I've always said, since I started doing these Sunday shows, the Sunday shows are my favorite show. And they are. Still, this is still my favorite. But this is sobering. Literally. I know we've read this book twice already. Until we finish the book of Jude, I'm going to read the book of Jude again. Why? It's good for you to hear it again. The depth of this book, like every book, is incredible. But if we are coming up into end days, and whether we are or not, only God knows. But I'll tell you something that is obvious for all who have eyes to see. The devil is setting the stage. He is going to be ready for when God pulls the trigger. He is building up his thing. He is setting the stage according to the book of Revelation. 
And by the way, there's some signs from God that are explicitly detailed in Revelation that are unfolding right now. And they have not unfolded at any other time in history. That will be another show. And when I do that show, it should be build your faith. It should not be discouraging. Oh no, there's some bad crap coming down the, at us. No. This is what must happen before Jesus brings his kingdom 1,500 miles square down from heaven. And by the way, we're coming with it, folks. If you were born again, we're coming with it. But the earth is going to go through some tough times like never, ever before. I would say the flood was an act of mercy because in the end days, we have three and a half years of tribulation, which is a tough time, folks. A lot of people are going to die. But then, after, and I believe we get taken up after three and a half years of tribulation, my belief, don't trust me, be the Berean. But then the wrath of God comes on. When you read the wrath of God and what he does on this earth, the flood was merciful. God bless the reading of your word. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. To those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you earnestly for the faith that was once and for all time handed down to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into indecent behavior and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, though you know everything once and for all, that the Lord, after saving a people out of the land of Egypt, subsequently destroyed those who did not believe. And angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper dwelling place, these he has kept in eternal restraints under darkness 
for the judgment of the great day. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they, in the same way as these angels indulge in sexual perversion and went after strange flesh, are exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Yet in the same way, these people also dreaming defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak abusively of angelic majesties. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. But these people disparage all the things that they do not understand and all those they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals by these things are destroyed. Woe to them, for they have gone the way of Cain and pay they have given themselves up to the error of Balaam, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the ones who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, like shepherds caring only for themselves, clouds without water carried along by winds, autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea churning up their own shameful deeds like dirty foam, wandering stars for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these people that Enoch, in the seventh generation from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all and to convict all ungodly of all their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way, and of all harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers finding fault Following after their own lusts, they speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. But you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, that they were saying to you, in the last time, there will be mockers. <coughs> Excuse me following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly-minded, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up, your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus 
to eternal life and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Now to him who is able to protect you from stumbling and to make you understand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before and all time, now and forever. Amen. Whew. The last verse we did last week was verse 9. Michael the archangel when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him an abusive judgment, but said, the Lord rebuke you. And I made a pretty powerful statement. I thought it was powerful because there's a lot of false teachers out there in our midst. And... There's claims that we can go up into the heavenlies and do battle with these deities. We cannot. We cannot. The Lord can do it. You know, I woke up real early this morning. Like this is a... This could be late afternoon for me. And I was studying about our authority. Don't take my word for it. As we loose things on earth, things can be loosed in heaven. We don't go up to heaven and loose it. If we bind things here on earth, we are given authority to bind things here on earth. The same will be bound in heaven. It's the power of Christ. We are given some authority to call upon his name. You know, I once heard it said that, you know, Satan isn't scared of you, Christian. He's not scared of you. Neither are his generals or other fallen entities. They're not scared of you. They only tremble at the God inside of you. That does not make you more powerful than them. He is more powerful than them. And if you want to go up and fight in the heavenly realms, well, how do you get there? Is it like an out-of-body experience? It's occultic. It's bad teaching. Sounds good. 
It's bad. Prove me wrong. Also, uh, just finishing up on that verse, um, I don't pray to angels. I ask God to dispatch angels. And I pray in the name of my Lord Jesus, Yahuwah. I don't pray to angels. And I certainly don't need any inanimate objects to help me with my prayer. Correct me if I'm wrong. Be the Berean. But these people disparage all the things that they do not understand and all the things they know by instinct, like unreasoning animals, by these things they are destroyed. So if our instinct is just to hear someone who sounds holy and we take their word for it because we didn't study the word ourselves or do it in prayer to God, by these things they are destroyed. I'm not saying you're going to lose your salvation. But if you want to go fight a, uh, a powerful demon because you think you're almighty, you know what? The word of God right here tells me you're going to be destroyed. Angels are powerful, folks. Demons are powerful. Now, if a demon is in someone's flesh, we have the power and we're called to go and cast those things out. Don't hear anything I'm not saying. We are called to do that. We, Our dominion is here on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Jesus has both the authority on earth and in heaven. He is God. We are sons of God. We're little babies. So right after that, the very next word, starting verse 11, and I emphasized it when I was reading this earlier, woe to them. Woe. That's not a word you really want to hear from God because you know where he uses woe again? When the wrath of God comes. Woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain. Kind of making his own religion. And for pay. So Cain, the first murderer, and for pay. Is there a lot of people, are there people making a lot of money 
sounding spiritual, but teaching you a false doctrine. I can tell you, all those who are preaching the false gospel and talking of this apostasy or even sounding like good Christians but teaching other things, they're making way more money than me, folks. You can see how much money I make. I'm not getting rich at this. I'm losing my shirt. But they are doing really well. Really well. They have given themselves up to the error of Balaam. And I don't have time to go into all the other scriptures, uh, but Balaam was a person of spiritual authority. Wrong teachings. Sounded good. Probably had fruit. And perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the ones who are hidden reefs in your love feasts. So what's a reef? If you're a sailor, you know, because the reef is that kind of underwater wall that uh, that you don't see, especially in days before sonar and stuff like that. And uh, all of a sudden your boat's upon the rocks where you're, you know, the, uh, the beach is a half a mile in still. They're hidden reefs. It's right there but you don't see it. In our love feast, love feast, by the way, I, uh, two of the churches that I've uh, attended, I've really attended through, well, four churches in my time as a Christian, three of them long-term, one for a very short stint before uh, the Rona hit. But two of those churches had a love feast every single Sunday, and it was a beautiful thing. But so what it's saying here is these people will come and feast with you without fear. They'll sit there and amongst you and go against you sneakingly, very sneakingly, like shepherds caring only for themselves. So if a shepherd is looking after a flock and the wolf comes and the shepherd runs because he doesn't want to get attacked by the wolf, all the sheep get eaten. But this person, in this case, is actually the wolf. And folks, the people that are being described here are not new Christians who just are trying to figure it out. That's not who Jude is describing. Jude is describing people who are premeditating this. Some are even sent in, organized. If a church is growing, they dispatch their minions. 
into the church to bring in division, to bring in all kinds of stuff. Listen, this book describes so many people that I have got to know since I started this podcast, not only in our midst, and there's been a lot of them sent in to this particular, this small ecosystem that we call the radon right on radio community. There's been lots of them folks. And when I read this chapter, my eyes were opened when I read this book. So they're shepherds only caring for themselves. Clouds without water. Why do you think he uses that? The only thing I can think of, and this is my speculation, If, if you lived in a hot desert and clouds rolled in and it hasn't rained and whoever knows how long or whatever, the clouds bring with them a certain promise, you know, a little bit cooler day, rain, and you celebrate rain in certain parts of the world, trust me. But so these people basically... They come with a promise, but they never fulfill that promise. The words are splendid, but it just never comes through. Are you starting to think about the truther community now? A little bit. Carried along by winds autumn trees without fruit doubly dead uprooted autumn trees so if you think autumn that's the final time to harvest before winter comes and if you don't get a good harvest you're going to starve to death at least in those days that this is written but it still holds true now and obviously there's a double meaning here what or who is a tree without fruit how are we supposed to discern? We're supposed to test the spirits. You'll know them by their fruit. So if they have no fruit, doubly dead, uprooted. I don't know what that means. The only thing that comes to my mind, and this is just me speaking in logic here, okay? Doubly dead, uprooted. 
I think the only way you die twice is if you were given life and then you reject eternal life. I don't know what else makes sense. So these people probably came to God at some point in time in their life. But then they got lured away. Maybe by search of power, magical power. Maybe to avoid persecution. You know, uh, it's not popular and it's going to be even less popular in the future to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Maybe it was for the allurement of money. Kind of alludes to that here. Uh, two verses before, they do it for pay. So someone who came to know Jesus, but then rejected it, and now is actively working against the body of Christ. Wild waves of the sea churning up their own shameful deeds like dirty foam. So, you know, when, uh, and I remember this from when I lived down in, uh, in California, you know, when there was a big storm that would hit, uh, you were not allowed, well, they, they couldn't stop you, but they didn't want you to go into the water. There's health advisories not to go into the water a couple days after a storm, a big storm, because it churns up all that trash, defilement, the sludge at the bottom of the sea. It brings all that stuff up. So these people are like that. They bring up all the trash, all the garbage, and they make it an unhealthy thing. And then the last part of uh, 13, I had to really think about for a little bit. And it says, wandering stars for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. Wandering stars. Well, it certainly could not mean the stars in the sky that I see on a clear night because they don't wander. In fact, <laughs> for thousands of years, people navigated by them. So if it's not that, what could it be? Could it be a fallen star? I think so. Angels are equated to stars. Lucifer calls himself the morning star. But I just went to thinking, when you take the context of this chapter as a whole, 
or this book as a whole, the warning is about those who have infiltrated the church with this apostasy. They're antichrists. Could it be movie stars? Could it be rock stars? They have a lot of influence. Could it mean YouTube stars? For whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. Oh, Eric made a comment on the trees. I got to pull it up here so I can read it. When Eric speaks, I pay attention. <laughs> Thanks for being here, Eric. I'd say fruitless trees could not be bearing the fruits of the spirit, which are intended to nourish others as the fruits mature in our own life. Yeah, amen. I agree with that. Oh, how are we doing on time? Oh, we we might do more than five verses today, folks. <laughs> Verse 14. It was also about these people that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied saying, behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment, verse 15, upon all and convict all the ungodly and their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way and of all the harsh things which the ungodly sinners have spoken against him, him with a capital H. So here, uh, obviously, he's going back to Enoch and uh, talking about the book of Enoch. And yes, the book of Enoch is not in the Bible, but it's okay to still quote some things from there as long as it's not contrary to the Bible. And I certainly don't think that that is contrary to the Bible because the Lord does come with judgment. The Lord is going to judge this earth. And the one thing that really stands out to me here Behold, the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon all. Thank you, Natasha. So let's be clear about this judgment that's coming. And we're not going to be judged. If you are if you are saved, you're you're not being judged in this way. In fact, we are probably with those thousands that are coming with him. Okay. But it says the Lord has come with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon them all. Now you might 
want to think that, oh, good, we get to come with the Lord. We're going to fight side, side by side with the Lord. Maybe. But I'll tell you something. It says the Lord is coming to do judgment. Folks, he's coming himself. It's personal. And it's going to be a personal trial. Except there isn't going to be a jury. There isn't going to be a defense. You know, the Lord knows every thought that we have. He knows every sin I've done. He knows every sin you've done, every thought you've had. So how can you have a defense against the Lord? He's going to say, no, that was premeditated. I mean, you see, you were thinking you could make an extra $10,000 at that time or whatever it is. But not only is he going to judge, and we're there, maybe some angels, I don't know, but his judgment is going to be righteous and true. To execute judgment upon all and to convict all the ungodly of their ungodly deeds, which they have done in an ungodly way and with all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Now, I want to just substitute that word ungodly, and you see he uses it many times here. Uh, what is it, four times just in that one verse? Here's another word for ungodly. Antichrist. You're either for him or you're against him. If you're for him, you have a form of godliness because you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. If you're against him, and by the way, this could be the nicest person you know that does all kinds of charitable things, but rejects the word of God. Woe to them. And I'll, uh, next week's going to be super positive folks. I can't wait because we do the end <laughs> and it's, Happy, happy, happy time. These are grumblers finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly, flattering people for the sake of gaining an advantage. 
You ever met that person who constantly is saying, oh, you're doing so great. Oh, I can't believe the anointing on you. It's so good. Oh, yeah. oh, that's awesome. I love what you just did there. Flattery. Beware, folks. And I don't want you to uh, be scared to give a compliment. By all means, uh, please give compliments. But we don't need to flatter as much. Flattery. It's a trick of the devil. They're only after their own lusts and they speak arrogantly. What is arrogance? Surely you know what it means. Even would they speak with some confidence? Well, you know, I'm going to pick on Eric because he's here. <laughs> and, and I just put up his uh, thoughts. Eric, because I have studied the word of God for more than 20 years intensely, I can tell that, Eric, you are a gifted preacher. You are set apart. For many will come to Christ through you. That was a bad imitation of arrogance, but I want you to get the point. Now, for me to say, man, Eric's last sermon on, uh, uh, oh, not everlasting kindness, it's the loving, loving kindness of God was brilliant and it was timely. And I do believe that God is working through Eric and a number of other people who are in our community. Um, I'm not going to mention someone's name, but there is uh, someone who was very shy um, about speaking out and really isn't a public name here on Right On Radio, but man, she gets dreams and interpretations and she's super powerful. <clears throat> not a name you're going to recognize, so don't bother guessing. When her time to come forward is her time to come forward, that will be it. But, uh, and we see what's happening with our singing poor team. It's not me lifting them up, God is lifting them up. See, there's a difference, and we can acknowledge. And by the way, when you see someone being lifted up by God, they're probably doing something right. You might want to say, "Hey, how can I how can I serve alongside of you?" You know, is there anything I can do to help you? If you see a need, go to the need. I don't know, but don't do it with flattery. You know, another thing that makes me think of just uh, in this verse is. Uh, there's some people who always give gifts and it's a wonderful thing to give a gift. It's better to give than to receive. But sometimes they're being given with secret motive and 
again, don't don't take Jeff's word on any of this stuff. Okay, don't take my word. You need to be the Berean. Look, throughout the time when we've started this book of Jude, I've confessed to you that I have been a fool because I was not double-checking, cross-referencing with Scripture. Scripture is the ultimate correction. God didn't leave anything out that's important. Not one thing. I have been a fool. So don't take my word for any of this. See what people are saying and look it up. I'm sure that I've said incorrect things just in this time doing this show. I'm flawed. And listen, I don't say this to brag or anything. I say it for the exact opposite effect. I am a very intelligent man. If I was to do an IQ test, I do very, very well. But intelligence has nothing to do with understanding the scriptures. Scriptures come to you by revelation and by the spirit. There's no other way to understand them. And the more we lay ourselves down, the more the spirit can come in. So we need to get rid of all those things that are in the world, like my high EQ, my ability to do business. My, it means nothing. Now, can God use your natural talents the way God designed you? Yeah, he designed you to use you for those things. I'm not saying put them aside, but it has nothing to do with the understanding of the scripture. We all have the same ability, and it's just because it's not our ability. It's what the Spirit of God says to us. And the more we empty ourselves, the more he can come in. You have to empty yourself to make room. Lay down your sin and let him come in. Before I go, I want to just uh, extend an invitation. And this is an invitation to anyone who is knowingly doing this, going against the saints. There's lots of them, folks. There's lots of people. There's lots of occultists. There's lots of people who just, maybe they've been hurt by the church and they want to get their own personal revenge. I don't know what their story is. It's hard to believe that anyone can taste and see how good God is and then reject it. 
But the allurements of this world are powerful, I guess. And some people trade it in. If you are one of those people, I want to extend an invitation to you. And I believe I'm saying this on God's authority that he will forgive you if you properly repent. You don't want to hear those words, woe to you. This life on this earth in this flesh suit is such a temporary thing. In eternity, this is just a flash in the pan, a, f- a fraction of a millisecond. Don't trade eternity. And if you're one of those ones in public that is doing this, maybe you watch the show. Come and repent. You know, we've learned a lot in the last couple of years and we've known about a there's a dark side and we believe that's going down, lines up with scripture. And there's a light side, you know, that, uh, and of course, that's kind of like the Pharisees in the Bible, you know, they're going to raise up this false Messiah at the end. It all makes sense biblically. But I just wonder how many people there are that have been on the dark side that have done black magic and stuff like that. And then they say, oh, the dark side's going down. I'm going to be on the light side. It's still the losing side. If that's you, you're not a public figure, man. Just repent. Just repent to God. Do it now. Today may be your last day. Maybe your last hour. And if you're someone who's been in the public, maybe you're in music, maybe you're in TV, maybe you're on YouTube, whatever the case is, you need to repent. As I'm repenting, part of me doing this book of Jude is me repenting publicly. I have let things on this show and I trusted them because they sounded good. I wasn't the Berean. I wasn't looking in the scriptures to verify. Just sounded good. I know people are going to be listening to this and saying, Jeff, call out names, call out names. No. I don't need to. And by the way, I'm not talking to one person. It's a lot of people. I've done like over 500 shows. It's been a lot of crap. And uh, 
my commitment to you is uh, I don't want to be a cloud without rain. I want, there's been good fruit, but I want to continue to gain your trust and uh, I do this for an audience of one, folks. I am legitimately afraid at this point to lead you astray in any way. I don't want to. I'm afraid of God. I'm not afraid of you. And there was a scripture I was looking for last time. It was Luke uh, 8, 17. You know, for all hidden things, it's all going to come out, folks. God is doing the work. It's all going to come out. And there's so many shows, you know, since I started this Berean thing, I've been getting sent lots of clips of lots of other shows and stuff like that. And I'm tempted to show one um, by some pretty big influencers, big names, as far as the movement, whatever you want to call it goes. And it's nothing but apostasy. And it just, it, it actually breaks my heart to watch that. There's so much misinformation and these people are profiting large by doing it. That might not be their only motivation, but if something's working, I guess you just keep on doing it, right? My eternity is not for sale. I commit that to you. I commit to God in front of you. Anyways, um, I'll, I'll take a, I've been scared to look at comments uh, today. Is there anything that I needed to see in particular? <laughs> okay, I, I'm seeing, I'm not going to name the name, uh, but someone's charging $400 per Zoom deliverance. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen people charge for baptisms before. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, thank you, sweet Southern girly. Uh, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Timothy uh, 2.15. New King James Version. So a lot of today, I, I just read from uh, the NJV. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Um Oh, that, that's 
too long to put up on screen, but that's from Cheryl. All right. Well, I don't have too many people condemning me yet, so praise God. Maybe I did. Maybe I did okay. Um. Uh, that was that looks good. Jesus came for the sick. A self righteous man can't come to Jesus. Only one who knows he needs a savior. Amen. Amen. Oh yeah, listen. Hit the like button if you haven't subscribed. You know what? It's weird, but actually, only about. 25% of the audience is, is subscribed, which is really weird. So if you haven't subscribed, please do. It it helps out and uh, and hit the like button and all that stuff. Uh, may God bless each and every one of you. Thank you for being here with me. And uh, thank you for serving the kingdom of God. You know, we've got something really special here in this community and it's it's growing strong. The Lord is rebuilding our foundations and there's some really great stuff coming in fact i'm not ready to share it yet um but the lord really gave me a revelation about one of the things that he is going to use me to do and uh it's pretty scary but it's uh it's a wonderful thing as well and uh i think it's maybe in the spring, but we'll see. Anyways, hey, everyone, thanks for being here. As always, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor as yourself, and go out and vote on Tuesday if you're in the United States, and that'll make a difference in your community. <laughs>